title to this morning's message is Jesus Classes. Jesus Classes. I struggled with a title because so many, I wanted to say we've been duped. I wanted to say don't be fooled. I wanted to say we need 2020 vision. I wanted to say, ooh, look, something's shiny. But I settled on Jesus Classes because we talked about this a little bit before. Last week, we celebrated the day of Pentecost, the birth of Christ's church through the work of the Holy Spirit. It was the new normal for the apostles, and it became the new normal for mankind. That day of Pentecost blessed every new believer with direct access to the Holy Spirit. It was on that day that 3,000 souls believed and accepted the good news of Jesus Christ, and they were saved that day, destined to spend an eternity with God. We were reminded last week that as Christians, we're sanctified. We talk about that a lot. We are called to be sanctified. We're called to be set apart from the world. And we're called to speak language that Jesus taught us, not the world, that language of love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness. But sadly, go in your house, turn on the news, and we see the opposite. This nation is still in the midst of chaos. We still see rioting. We still see looting. We hear hateful speeches followed by hateful responses. We're witnessing a level of hate and violence that threatens to split our country. And it hardens our hearts to the needs of our fellow brothers and sisters. We've been duped. We're choosing sides based on skin color. We're choosing sides based on sexual preference. We're choosing sides based on political party. We are a divided nation. Shouldn't our choice always be between what's right and wrong? None of that other stuff should matter. We're bombarded by news from the left, and we're bombarded with news from the right that fits in with their agenda. We get partial glimpses of confrontations, and we get partial recordings of statements that a leader might have made, 
But they do all that to lead us into falling into that trap of their agenda. Kind of like a brainwashing, if you will. But I want to remind you of a message I gave some time ago. might have been a couple years. I said we always go to the source. When we want to know the truth, when we want to know the answer, we go to the source. Instead of the gossip, instead of the news, we investigate. That source is and always will be the written word. The Bible, God's divine revolution of absolute truth, which is just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. So what does the Bible say about current events? How can we make it relevant to the chaos that we're facing every single day? We turn to 1 Peter 5.8 and we're warned. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We're not to look at this violence. I know this is tough, but we're not to look at all this violence and hatred as if it's from flesh and blood. We need to see past those people. These battles that we're fighting, and we're going to continue to fight, they're spiritual battles. It's the work of the enemy. We need to be aware that Satan and his demons are behind the scenes of all this evil and madness that we see. Children are being convinced that they were born the wrong sex. Explicit books are being presented in elementary libraries. And now women's clothing is being designed specifically to target young male children. And now it's at our sporting events where our children attend baseball games. The Los Angeles Dodgers, they're a baseball team, announced that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a San Francisco order of gay and trans men dressed as nuns, has been invited to the team's annual Pride Night. They've been invited to receive, ready for this, a Community Hero Award for all the important work they've done in a community. Now these sisters are men who dress in lewd imitation of Roman Catholic nuns. So they're dressed as nuns. Their motto is go and sin some more. Go and sin some more. Obviously it's a perversion of Jesus' command to go and sin no more. The group's Easter ceremony features children's programming, followed by a drag show, where adult performers dress in blasphemous imitations of Jesus and Mary. The group, uh, the group hosts pub crawls, mocking the Stations of the Cross, and even the Eucharist, the sacrament that unites billions of Christians around the world. Now, I watched the video, I showed my bride that, and it is Disgusting. Mocking Jesus on the cross. Well, even though thousands of conservatives reached out, including some of uh, our politicians, reached out to the team and made their objections loud and clear, management still made the decision to invite them. They don't care what we think. They want us to fall into the world's ways. They want us to abandon our morals, our beliefs, our Bible, our word of God, and follow what the rest of the world is doing. 
Our country is falling apart, brothers and sisters. But we should know who's behind it. Christians should know it's the enemy they call Satan that's behind all of this. And believe it or not, I know I've bothered some people saying this because I get all wound up too. I'm flesh. All this is biblical. All this that's going on in our world is biblical. It drives us closer and closer to the return of our Lord and Savior. Now, Jesus never promised that it would be an easy path in our faith walk. We hear him tell us in John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We're to find peace in Jesus, not the world. Can I get an amen on that? There is no peace in this world. And then we're to find our joy in Christ. John 16, 22, so you have pain now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one, no one will take your joy from you. We're to find our joy in Jesus also, not the world. Now, every week our church makes the claim that we expect miracles. Nope, not up there, in your bulletin. We expect miracles, and I believe, and I'm sure you do too, we are in dire need of a miracle today. Our country is in chaos. As if a three-year pandemic wasn't bad enough, we now face a country where literally anything goes. Anything. As a nation, we've lost focus on the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus Christ. I'm sure I'm not alone in my, my sadness and distress and that feeling of helplessness. Social media and news outlets continue to push liberal agendas. But when they do that, what happens? To myself included. We start judging those people that they're talking about. We start falling into that trap. The racial trap, the whatever, homophobic, what all the fancy words are. To me, it's just we start judging people. And then we start having opinions about that. And then we start avoiding people that they're pushing. You follow me? That's not the way we're taking our focus off the main thing. Yet they just keep driving that wedge between us, and we have to stop. We have to stop allowing them to do it. I like to read a scripture passage what I, that I believe speaks to the solution to the challenges we face as a nation. It's Peter walking on the water. Matthew 14, 22 through 32 reads this way. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. 
But when he noticed a strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Now, every message we've ever given on this scripture, almost every message I think I've ever heard on this scripture, always focuses on Peter's faith, or his lack of it. Where he begins with a faith, steps out of the boat, walks on the water, and then loses focus, right? So that's always the main gist, if you will, of the messages. He loses focus, and he sinks. But after witnessing this national crisis of morals, I think we should look at this passage a little bit differently. And we've talked about it before. I believe Peter lost focus because he wasn't wearing the right glasses. Perhaps Peter was wearing those worldly glasses that we get caught up with that makes him see Jesus or made him see Jesus the same way the world did. I think that would have affected his faith as Jesus talked about. See, Peter should have been wearing Jesus' glasses. Jesus' glasses that allowed him to see Jesus for who he is, who he was. If he was wearing Jesus' glasses, he wouldn't have noticed any other distractions or disruptions. He'd have been focused slowly uh, only on Jesus Christ. We wear Jesus' glasses. We see Jesus, not the world, not the sex of people, not the skin color of people, and certainly not the political party. We see Jesus, just Jesus. Could you imagine what the whole world would be like if we all wore Jesus' glasses every time we stepped out of our homes? Maybe we would finally see Jesus when we see a stranger. Maybe we would see Jesus in the middle of a riot. And maybe, just maybe if they're wearing Jesus' glasses, they'll see Jesus when they look at us. I think we should consider adding Jesus' glasses to that armor of God that we read about. Now, I try to wear my Jesus' glasses. One of my prayers is always that, Lord, show me you when I see somebody. But the other half of that prayer is always let people see Jesus when they see me. Pick on Warren two weeks in a row, the guy he delivered fuel to. That guy saw Jesus when he saw Warren. But my glasses get a little dirty. I fall into that trap of listening to the news or or watching something on TV or pulling up a video of what's going on in the world and see the glasses start getting dirty. And all of a sudden I can't see the Lord anymore. I start seeing flesh and I start seeing and hearing what they're doing and I get agitated and I get aggravated and then I start making judgment calls and I start condemning those people. Those very same people that my Lord and Savior, your Lord and Savior hung on that cross for, no different than me. So you got to take them glasses off every now and then and you got to clean them real good. So the next time you see something, you skip all the judging. You, you skip all the flesh stuff. And you go right to seeing Jesus. No more seeing flesh and blood. No more seeing a difference in sex. No more seeing a difference in skin color. And hopefully, ultimately, no more judging. 
It's worldly glasses that causes us to judge other people. If we all wore Jesus' glasses, we could stay focused on the main thing. And what did I just say the main thing is? Jesus Christ. Today when we leave here, I would ask you to, to think of that through the week. And I'm telling you right now, it won't be easy. Somebody's sure enough going to pull out in front of you going 10 miles an hour and or they're going to say something against you or your family and, and you're not going to see Jesus for a couple minutes. You're probably going to see fireworks. But if you make it a point to stop, say a quick prayer, Lord, let me see you in this person, I promise you that prayer will be answered. I promise you Jesus will reveal himself in that moment. It might be just in your own heart. Now, I did try, I looked these up on Amazon.com, and you can't get these Jesus glasses. I thought you could get everything from, you know. I mean, we're Amazon Prime for crying out loud. You can't get them. But we can get them if we get back in the Bible. We can get them if we increase our prayer life. Now, I say it often, a reminder, we're flesh. We're human. Even Colton's human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to stumble. But we should never give up trying to love people. We should never give up trying to forgive people. And we should look for every opportunity to speak encouragement into somebody's life. And when you hear somebody say, we've talked about this before, when you hear somebody say, words matter, remember I preached on words matter. And when you hear somebody say that there's no hope for, or it looks bad for, go to prayer. Softly, gently, just say, no, 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 no. We're, listen, we're citizens of heaven. We, we, follow, we follow God and his word. And we're told prayers get answered, amen? So we lift people up, we encourage them, we give them hope in Christ. We need to point the world to Jesus. The closer we draw to the second coming of Christ, the more urgent it is that we must awake out of spiritual sleep. Fifty years ago, they'd come into church on Sunday and go home. It's a whole new world. There's TVs, there's cell phones, you name the social media. And we've got stuff to keep us busy 25 hours a day. And what are they preaching? Most of it not good. We need to awake out of spiritual sleep. You've seen the news. We've had the conversations. I've had some of those nasty conversations with you. Get all wound up. Mark had to tell me to calm down this morning. True story. Calm down. I punched him in the mouth. So <laughs> Then I calmed down. But I asked for forgiveness, so we're good. No, I got all worked up about the conference. Because we fall into that trap. Maybe thinking, God's got everything else but that. I know God will help, you know, Dawn, but will he help me? God's not a respecter of persons. We need to stop, take a breath, say a prayer, shut the TV off, shut the news off, Turn off the social media and get back in the Bible. Get back into prayer. 
Don't be looking for shiny stuff out there. Oh, good Lord, there's plenty of shiny stuff out there to distract us. If ever there was a time to pay attention and get prepared, it's now. We are closer and closer to the end times. None of us know when we'll die. Matthew 13, 32 through 33 cautions us. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. We're told to beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. Being spiritually prepared needs to be our number one priority. That story of, of the airplane, when they're teaching you how to use the oxygen, remember that? They tell the parent, you put the oxygen mask on first. You're no good to anybody if you didn't take care of yourself first. Amen? The same thing goes with us spiritually. We won't be perfect, but we need to work on our own spirituality first, our relationship with Jesus Christ. Once we work on that, and that's a continuous process, then we can reach out to other people. We get healed, and then we can offer healing. Because we need to drag, if need be, as many people as we can to heaven. Now imagine your neighbor, some people that you really, really like. You know they don't come to Christ, or they don't come to church. Maybe they don't know Christ, whatever. Imagine for a minute, eternity without that person. Right? It could be our, one of our children, our grandchildren, a parent. Right? It could be a relative. It could be somebody we have coffee with every single day, and you know that they haven't accepted Christ yet. I want you to stop for a second. Next time you see them, just imagine that you'll never see them again. That's sad. I've done far too many funerals already. But the funerals that I do where I know that that man or that woman has accepted Jesus Christ, there's joy in that. There's sadness, of course, we're flesh, but there's joy in knowing that we will see that person again. Go to a funeral where they don't believe in Christ. It's crickets. All you hear are crickets. There's no joy because there's no hope of ever being with that person again. We have to work on our spirituality and then help others with theirs. But it can't be done without love. It can't be done without forgiveness. We can't help other people if we're judging them. Hey, put the cigarette down. That's enough tattoos. That's not the way that we come at people. Old Testament, that was bad. New Testament, we have Christ. We love, we forgive, we encourage. And then we invite Come see what we have. Come see this community of believers at Salisbury Community Church. Come and hear what we've done for the community. Come and let us love on you. Let us pray for you. Let us lay hands on you. That's how we do it. We start with ourselves. 3,000 souls on Pentecost. That Pentecost day, 3,000 souls heard Peter's message and accepted that good news. And remember... Many of those people, probably most of those people, were the same ones that demanded that Jesus Christ be crucified. Peter was talking to an angry crowd. But the Holy Spirit filled Peter up. Gave him the strength, the courage, the boldness, and the words. 
Those people were mean people he was talking to. But see, Christ didn't, the Holy Spirit, they didn't say, walk past them, did he? He didn't tell Peter, forget them, keep walking and go to 3,000 other people. No. The way I look at it, if God still cared about those people, we should care about every person, amen? And then the other side of that, if those people who were so nasty, who, who were blinded, who, whose hearts were hardened, if their hearts softened and they come to Christ, then there's hope for everybody. See, it's not our call. We can't walk down the street, uh, we should save them, not save them, save them, not save them. That's not our job. We show them Christians by our love. All of this starts with each one of us. Each one of us is going to face Jesus at his second coming. We'll either be judged or we'll be rewarded. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ will not have to face, if you've read about the white throne of judgment, where he separates the sheep from the goats. Our security, our salvation is a prayer away. A simple prayer away. My question today is, have you accepted Jesus? Or will you sadly someday hear those words out of his own mouth, depart, I never knew you. Today's communion, it would be a great day to ask the Lord to forgive our sins. It would be a great day to ask him into our lives as our Lord and Savior if we haven't done it. And then we try to turn from those sins. And when we mess up, we go back to our knees. And we start that process over. Jesus does not expect perfection. If he did, it wouldn't be me standing up here giving a message every Sunday. Oh, good. I was afraid everybody's going to yell amen. Good. That was a. <laughs> I struggle with my flesh. I tell you all the time, I struggle just as much as anybody else in the world. But God takes us and uses us, He molds us. He never gives up on us, ever. He's merciful. Our Father is forgiving. Praise be to God. So today we pray for salvation for those that need it. And today I would ask all of us to pray for this nation. Jesus told his followers that they should hope for his return, that they should expect his return, and we're called to pray for his return. So let's put on our Jesus glasses and speak love this week. Let's put on our Jesus glasses and speak forgiveness this week. And most of all, let's try to speak peace into a nation that's in need of our Savior. I'm going to do things a little bit different if this will work. Before we do communion, I kind of thought this is one of the songs that would help us kind of prepare our hearts. We'll make room at the altar. Thank you, Mark. Thank you.
the guy was making the claim of who Jesus Christ was, and he said Jesus Christ was either a liar, a madman, or truly the Son of God. I choose truly the Son of God. So when it says, I believe, you need to be saying that this week. When the world's attacking you, when the world's jumping on you, when people are judging you, just remember who you are. Remember whose you are. But then please, remember who they are too. And bring them to Christ. If you would please turn to page 13 in your pen note. I want to remind you that as we go through, as I go through the reading, it's not always going to line up with yours. Don't worry about it. It'll always come back. And you'll, you'll catch up. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right. And a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You form us in your image and breathe into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who look for that day when justice shall roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Son, Jesus Christ, your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night of which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is alone. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. 
By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, as we set the table, it's just a couple of reminders. This, this is the time that we pray. This is the time that we work on that relationship with Jesus Christ. This is not a time to visit neighbors. We're going to do that afterwards. So this is a time of silence for them. Probably Susan or somebody to play something. Probably. Just come to the altar. Take communion. Come to the altar. Uh, work on that relationship. Ask for forgiveness if need be. Forgive others if need be. Uh, ask for those Jesus classes. Ask for strength. The boldness of Peter. You know, whatever you want to relate it to. This, this is the perfect time. Now, we can do that anytime. Don't get me wrong. But what a beautiful day to do this. Amen?
join together and pray the way the Lord taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. The time's coming when God's going to call us to account. Be alert. Be watchful. Serving faithfully day by day. Use the gifts you've been given to the glory of God. Let the testimony of Christ strengthen each and every one of you each day. Believe. Know that God is faithful and Christ walks with you throughout your day. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay connected, stay in the well, and we'll do the cards. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Stay in the well. I guess I'll have to use 24 pounds by money. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> pretty much know what we're doing here. There's quite a few cards, so I would ask you to take four of these today. Just read them through the week. I'm telling you, somebody, there's gonna be there's gonna be a testimony of one or two of these cards this week. I just know what God is calling us. He is working miracles in our communities, He's just spreading love. There are so many beautiful things going on in the midst of all the ugliness. And somewhere in one of these cards, somebody's going to pick that card up. Maybe they're feeling depressed. Maybe they're feeling lonely. Maybe they're feeling suppressed. But they're going to get a card today. They're going to read it all week. And they're going to find that joy they've been looking for through Jesus. Oh, well, we're going to pray over them first. Okay. I mean, they've already been prayed. How many cards? How many cards, yeah. <laughs> You kind of want to come up and do this and see how easy it is. Come see your man behind the curtain. We'll need a teleprompter. <laughs> yeah. How cool is it, though? Think about it for a second. It just kind of hits me. These cards, we're doing this every Sunday, right? Pretty much the same cards. How many times has Christ, has God himself, the Holy Spirit, anointed these cards? Right? We, should be, we shouldn't even be able to put them in our pocket. It's like, whoa, these cards are on pop. directing people to which scripture to put onto the card. And Father God, we just pray. We just pray that the Holy Spirit will guide the cards into the hands of the person or people that need them. Lord, we are a hurting, hurting nation. We need love. We need kindness in our lives and in other lives. Father God, we're hurting. We need strength, and here's the strength. Here's the answer. It's your word, Father God. So, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to anoint them and do your mighty work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, you already got the benediction, so. <laughs>
Everybody on your feet. Our going out song today is There is Power in the Blood. Amen? Amen.